yeah, I can't just pretend. <laughs> I can't pretend this is all roses and sunshine. There are definitely rosy, sunshiny parts, but um, I think it's hard when you don't have that support system that's willing to say, hey, I'm having a crappy day with my two-year-old. <laughs> you know, this is what's happening. You, ha- you have to have that, that system. And that's something that we're just now getting to be able to do us moms that have gone through COVID, right, is is have that, uh, have that like networking system around us. Welcome to the Mothering Together podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and I am here to be your ADHD mom friend. Together, we're going to discover plausible and practical tips for stay-at-home moms with ADHD. It's not like the other podcasts out there where one woman found success doing XYZ strategy and she thinks anyone can do it? No, no, no. We're going to work through systems to find what works for women like you and me, who struggle with time management and organization, who have tried all the other things and they didn't work because they weren't individualized and for us personally. As a mom of two and with ADHD myself, I understand how challenging it can be to balance homemaking, raising those little lovable monsters and managing our own unique brains. But don't worry, you're not alone. Each week, I release a new episode on Wednesday where I discuss topics related to homemaking, parenting, and time management. I get to leverage my connections as a pediatric SLP to get interviews with experts in the fields of parenting and development. I share my own personal stories and the stories of moms from our community. And most importantly, I fill each of these episodes with practical tips that you can try today. The goal of each and every episode of this podcast is for you to have at least one at least one idea that will give you a whole heck of a lot more ease and a little bit less stress in your day-to-day life as a stay-at-home mom. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom with ADHD or you're just looking for ways to better manage your time in your home, I'm here to help. Go brew yourself the biggest cup of coffee that your Keurig can handle and let's dive in. Hey guys, today I have a little bit of a content warning But other than that, this is a fantastic conversation and I think you should listen. We do talk about postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and while we don't dive super deep into those topics and we don't reference things that get really extreme, I feel like even glazing over the top of it could be triggering for someone. So I just want you to know if you find those topics to be triggering, then this might not be the episode for you. But otherwise, I think it's a great idea to listen. We're talking about an awesome event that is happening come June, and I can't wait. All right, you guys, welcome. I have Kathleen here with me. Kathleen is a wife and a mom of two kids, and I'm so excited to have her on to talk about an event that is coming up in our area. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the Mothering Together podcast. Um, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself as a mom and your day-to-day life and what that kind of looks like now and maybe think back to before you were a mom and what shifts might have happened. I hope that sparks some inspiration for a story for us. Yeah, absolutely. So I have two small children. Um, I have a seven-month-old daughter, and I also have an almost three-year-old son. 
Um, and I had my son during the pandemic. So uh, my story is not really all that uncommon. This day and age, it seems like I meet a new person every day that's had a child in the pandemic. But um, it really was an interesting experience um, becoming a mom during that time. So he was born in August of 2020. So um, still, you know, a lot of masks, still a lot of fear going on. Um, no visitors in the hospital. And, you know, just becoming a mom during that time was very isolating. There wasn't a lot of uh, mental health care at all. There was barely even any, you know, helping me get on my two feet. I mean, I had thankfully some family nearby that was helpful and, um, and my spouse, but other than that, um, it was a very lonely experience. And I think that there was so much anxiety in the world in general, everybody was experiencing some level of change or anxiety in their lives that it um, it was kind of like everyone kept telling me, yeah, me too. You know, I'm feeling nervous too, or I'm feeling scared right now too. So when I was having these feelings, I was thinking, oh, it's just because of the pandemic. Um, but I quickly realized um, that it wasn't normal. Um, and that seems to be kind of the story is that we say that, oh, it's normal in motherhood to to worry about your child or to have intrusive thoughts or, um, you know, have all these mental health issues come up. Um, and although it is, you know, common, it's not necessarily like normal. It's not great to just hear that it's just normal motherhood. You think, well, okay, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> I didn't sign up for all of that. Um so yeah, we I I was searching for mental health care at the time. Um, I didn't really find much. I I had um, a really hard time finding somebody um, that I could connect with and talk with. There just was so little for resources at the time. Um, but when I did, I was quickly diagnosed with postpartum anxiety. Um, I didn't get a lot of help for it. So I got pregnant with my daughter the in 2022. Um, and my pregnancy was fairly normal, pr pretty healthy pregnancy. Um, and when I gave birth to her this past October, um, everything seemed to be um, better in the world, right? We're living in a different, different version of COVID now. And I thought that meant I could have a normal experience. Um, and that wasn't the case. I was very, very, very triggered at the time. Um, this past fall, RSV was huge. It was rampant uh, everywhere. And so for me, that was like the new COVID. I had to, you know, stay at home and shelter in place and, um, you know, go back to masks and go back to all, you know, everything that I was doing with my son. So I just was like, oh my God, here we go again. I can't do the baby and me yoga. I can't do the, you know, all the things that I wanted to do. Like, yeah, I had a visitor in, in the hospital, but it just, I didn't want anybody near her because I was so afraid. Um, and I knew right away that I needed health care for, I needed mental health care. Um, and I was connected with my therapist that I see now. Um, and she has been able to help me significantly, which is wonderful. Uh, but I, I also have had a really great experience with Postpartum Support International um, and going to their support groups. And 
I remember the first one I went to, there was another mom on there that said, oh, there's just some times where I'm like, I get out of my, like, out of my skin and just want to like, not, I don't want to hurt my child, but I have these like feelings of just some extreme anger, just so angry, or these intrusive thoughts that are like so disturbing, or these dreams that are having, and it was almost like she was speaking to me. I felt like, yes, like, yes, I feel so heard and so seen, and it was just great for me to be able to experience that. So I kept going to those support support groups. I kept, you know, going up with my therapist and I've made some serious progress, but, you know, this is just something that I think will be with me forever probably. And I've had mental health challenges my whole life. Um, but what my goal is, is to try and help other moms that are going through it that don't realize yet that this is very common. Um, there is help out there and a lot of us experience it on a daily basis and, and we can be there for each other during it. Um, so I think that that's kind of what sparked me to reach out to postpartum sport international about the walk that um, I'm hosting in Manchester and, and, and starting that up. So that's kind of the background as to how I got started um, with this organization and, and sort of a little bit of my story. No, I really appreciate you sharing your story and it sparked, I, I was sitting here and I was literally getting goosebumps and having an emotional reaction to what you were saying because, oh, you can hear it in my voice, because I was um, also a new mom during COVID and but I did not have my son. I didn't have that experience that you had of having to go to the hospital when things were very scary. And I totally honor that difference because I don't know what I would have done. I would have lost my mind. But um, having like a one-year-old during that time and shutting down and everything and the ripple effect of the, the ripple effect of COVID, I feel like is gonna impact us probably for the rest of our lives. Mm. And I so appreciate that you are creating a walk to and working with, I wrote it down, the Postpartum Support International. That, that just seems like such a great resource. Now tell me more about it. So you, ha you go to groups. Is that online or are there like local chapters? So there is a lo local PSI chapter. Um, and but this is so they do a walk separate. Um, called Climb Out of the Darkness. So that's like a separate group that that PSI um, is sort of, you know, affiliated with the PSI. And the walk is basically just kind of a gathering of, you know, mothers and spouses and grandparents, people who support um, perinatal mental health. Um, so, you know, one in seven moms and one in 10 dads um, are diagnosed with a postpartum mental illness. And it's interesting to me because we often talk about moms, but this happens to dads too. Um, and I think that's something that has been so interesting to shine a light on and finding, you know, other fathers who have gone through this and, you know, what, what that looks like and um, just hearing their stories too. But the walk is intended for anyone and everyone who is, you know, supportive of this cause. Mm. Um, and yeah, we're so excited to be bringing it to Manchester. It's, it's the first time that it's in the Manchester area. They had one, um, a few years back in New Hampshire, but 
I think it would be great to have it, you know, in, in, in our local area. Yeah, and I know like Southern New Hampshire is kind of a, is more, the more populated part of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So I think that you'll probably, I hope you get a really good turnout. So yeah. what day is it? Is it? Yeah, so this is going to be on June 17th. Um, and it will be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, and so far we've got, um, uh, you know, we've got the walk around Doris Pond. Um, but then we also are, we have a Mr. Aaron performance. He's a, a musician. Yeah, the, he's a, we're Mr. Aaron groupies. So <laughs> we love Mr. We are too. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a local um, child performer. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. wonderful. And then he's we also fantastic. have a family yoga class that's going to be happening there. Um, and an EFT tapping demonstration. Can you describe that? I think I know what it is. I think I have tried it in so, the yeah. throes of depression it's it's a, a form yeah of helping for, with anxiety and depression and basically it's using parts of your body and tapping those parts like physically tapping um, them and this woman Kristen who's going to be there is is just a wonderful human being and she does it um, she she's going to do a whole demonstration um, and then she can do it you know one-on-one -on -one with people too and it's just to help, to help with you know anxiety depression symptoms um, and help you know, learning to do it on your own so you can cope, cope and do it on your own too, which is really cool. That is really cool. Have you used it before? I have not, but I'm thinking um, that might be my next kind of venture because I think I could, I'd love something that like, you know, it has that physical sensation too to connect mm -hmm. like mind to body. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be really cool to have. We have a raffle. We're going to have some other community resource tables there. Some local people like Bella Luna, will be there even like pure bar um in bedford um we've got we've got quite a few people who are going to show up and and have support there too so it'll be really exciting to to have a group together that's amazing so we're let's just talk a little bit more about postpartum now that we've talked about the event but postpartum um i wasn't diagnosed i would say i wasn't diagnosed with postpartum anxiety or depression which i had I have both at times. I think because I had it prior to having kids, it was like, well, this is just part of, mm -hmm. you know, who, not who I am, but like how my brain works under pressure, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I definitely, it's funny too, because um, when you think about postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression, it's almost like when you're in it, you don't totally realize it did you have this experience oh yeah totally I went to I went with a friend to a playground and it was right after I had my second son and or maybe I was pregnant I can't remember but she had just had her second son and I was like how is it and she said you know this time I don't have postpartum symptoms but it is highlighting for me so strongly how bad it was the first time. And I had no idea except with this context. Mm -hmm. And isn't that so true that you you end up like noticing it later and like in retrospect, you can see how it was impacting you, but you might not feel it or see it in the moment. I think that, and you know, as once you become a mother the first time, you also 
you gain parts of yourself, but you also lose parts of yourself just naturally, right? That's just part of the the gig. You know, you you do have to give some things up and become more selfless. But at the same time, the second time around, you like swear to yourself, I'm going to do it different. <laughs> I'm going to like, I'm just going to have a different experience. And I think you're setting yourself up for not failure, but you're setting yourself up, you know, to have these expectations that may or may not come true because truthfully, I thought I was going to be going to baby yoga and, and bringing this baby, but I totally forgot. Oh yeah. You have a two-year-old that you're going to be bringing in tow and he's going to probably be, you know, like, you know, wanting to see the other babies and it's just not the same vibe. So I think nope. <laughs> our experiences is just so interesting when you think about, oh, the expectations and the expectations of society and the expectations of family members and, and the ones that we put on ourselves, you know? I think a lot of it, for me at least, I put a lot on myself and I hate to ask for help. So I definitely can relate to... Oh gosh. And going from one to two was a whole different thing than I expected. Like it's like a physical thing. Like you don't have they say, Oh, two kids and two hands, but it's like, no, I need two hands for one kid. <laughs> so I I it's just it's a it's a whole different experience. And people say sometimes it's harder going from zero to one and it's harder to I think it's all hard. It's all hard. Yeah, it's all hard. It's just (laughs) pick your heart, right? Right, yeah. And my husband is so funny. He was like, yeah, and, you know, it was so hard for us to go from zero to one, and it was even harder to go from one to two. And people who only have one have no idea. These are the things we talk about. And I'm sitting there listening and empathizing, and then I'm like, but people who go from two to three, he's like, well, they have it easy. It must be easy. And I'm like, when we were sitting at one, we thought having two was easy. So I don't think we're right. Like, I don't think we can assume that anything is easy. And it's, a, it's funny because no one can ever really prepare you either. Right. You know, you can hear st- and people mean well, I think, but they'll tell you horror stories and, and you really can never prepare for the life shift of, you know, going from zero to one, one to two, you know, two to three, continue onward. You can really never prepare for this little, very, very needy and lovely at times thing. And Lovely eventually. uh, Eventually (laughs) lovely, but yes, very challenging. And then there's the shift of, you know, sibling becoming a sibling and it's, Mm -hmm. it's all hard. (laughs) It's really, that's normal, right? That's what it's supposed to be. And it's tricky too, or I at least struggle with, I think I'm, I'm kind of a negative person. That's probably not the way to say that, that my therapist would allow me to say, but whatever. Um, so I, I tend pessimist when I'm thinking and I am totally triggered by people who tend optimist about motherhood and who are like, it's amazing. And they only share the good parts. And they don't share the bad parts. And I feel like I'm like Eeyore sometimes walking around and being like, but sometimes it's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that that's just, you know, maybe a generation that's been raised that way, right? Is mm-hmm. that we're now just in this, 
you know, let your feelings roll and teaching our kids that. And although that's wonderful and such great skills for our children to have, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I love that my two-year-old son can tell me he feels mad, frustrated, sad. I love all those parts, but there's another side of that coin um, where it's just like, yeah, I can't just pretend. <laughs> I can't pretend this is all roses and sunshine. No. There are definitely rosy, sunshiny parts, but um, I think it's hard when you don't have that support system that's willing to say, hey, I'm having a crappy day with my two-year-old. <laughs> you know, this is what's happening. You, ha- you have to have that yeah. system. And that's something that we're just now getting to be able to do us moms that have gone through COVID, right, is, is have that. Right. have that like networking system around us. Right. And I feel like because we were in bubbles for a while, it became kind of uneven in like who you were seeing. Cause like you only saw your, your bubble for a little bit mm-hmm. if depending on how cautious you were. Right. And so then that shifted almost every social dynamic. So for me this past year, I've been calling it my year of community. Mm. and leaning into my community and creating opportunities for my kids to grow in community. Um, but I love that. that. I love that idea of that, like as a, almost like a word to live by. It was my word of the year. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, and we are in a world too where you can do that virtually, which is yes. awesome. You can do that. You know, like anybody really can do that. And that's, sort of even back to my experience, you know, with my son and my daughter, but especially with my daughter with these PSI support groups, I wasn't comfortable, even though we were in 2022, I wasn't comfortable going to like a lot of the classes because I was so triggered and, and having such a hard time. Um, It's actually more OCD, I think, than anxiety, according to my therapist. And I, and because of that, I was able to find a network of people online, which is great that we have that option now, too. So, you know, with with the lovely parts of COVID that came, there is also some, some good. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's funny. I'm in this group, a local group, and I want to phrase this kindly. Um, it is a group of women who are older than me. They're like an older generation. Their children are college age and it's a group targeting toddler families. And so they often ask me questions like, well, tell us how it is for the toddler families. And it's funny. Some of the more challenging things for us is like, even just talking to another mom at a mom group is like like ripping the bandaid off of doing that sort of stuff again in person. I think we lost some of those social skills. And then I talked to those same moms about their experiences as like, when did, when you became a mom, how was it? And they tell me these great stories about like nursing groups that were at the hospital every week and they got up and they went there and I'm like, I didn't have that chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and it, you have to grieve that a little right. bit too. Grieve the experience you didn't have. Um, right. And then I, you know, it's hard when you see other people doing it or like you're saying, and you hear that and you feel that like jealousy. Right. Like, oh, I don't like this feeling. What is this feeling that I'm feeling? <laughs> oh, I feel very jealous that you're able to do that. Why wasn't I that mom? You know, why couldn't I have done those things? But it's just, that's not what my story is. And so, right. 
hilarious. And especially having anxiety during that time, any the RSV season, I was in a similar boat. My son was born in March. <laughs> Great mom. I'm like, when was he born? My son was born in March. And then, so he must have been, I don't know what that is for the RSV season. He was little enough for me to be concerned and very protective. And so, yeah, same deal. It was like, nope, we're just going to be a little bit more closed down than before. I don't know. I talk a lot about grounding on the podcast, like being becoming grounded mm-hmm. in where you are. So if you have any grounding strategies, like what has worked for you to function? Like if we're talking, let's picture who we're talking to. We're talking to a mom. She's newly had second kid. She is tired. She's not sleeping. She doesn't know whether she has the baby blues or something else. We're talking to her. What do we say to her? Yeah, I think it starts with, yeah, that grounding. And the way I do that is through meditation, which has been really helpful for me. Um, And being able to connect my mind and my body. So when people would say meditation, I was always like, oh, God, that sounds like something I don't know how to do. And honestly was never very good at when I would try. (laughs) I would dread if I went to a yoga class when they'd be like at the end, you know, it's the meditation part. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Really? I'll just lay there. Yeah, I'm a very... I love that part. (laughs) I'm such like a go, 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 go person. But I swear that's like one more good thing that, you know, the pandemic kind of brought me was teaching me to slow down and being comfortable with just, you know doing the small things like breathing and and taking time for myself. So now I practice meditation every day. And just that connection of the mind-body allows you to figure out, you know, am I disconnected today? Or am I feeling a little off? How am I feeling, right? That's not something that I was ever raised to do was to check in with myself every day. I, I don't naturally do that. Um, so, you know, now I've made it a practice to do it. Um, And I do think it really helps if this is a mom who's going through, say, if you're in the first few weeks after birth, it is really common to have those baby blues, right? It's common. Your body's going through all sorts of shifts. But if you're talking like, okay, now it's like week five or week six or week seven, I really still feel like these bouts of crying or I'm just really upset all the time. Um, which was kind of me, you, you may think maybe this is time um, for, you know, some professional help. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's really, for me, the next step, right? So, yeah, I think along with that grounding is recognizing like, hey, this might be something that I might need a little bit of help to get past. Um, and I can, I can only say it so many times but therapy changes lives <laughs> it's it's a wonderful and saves wonderful. them it does save them yeah it's a yeah. wonderful wonderful tool um yeah and we and we know right that when there is a lack of resources it can be very scary mm-hmm. um and we all have you know one recently like Lindsay clancy that story um happened and hit so close to home and of course that's a very one-off situation in that 
it it doesn't happen all that often. It's more common, I think, to happen have depression or anxiety. Um, so I think that was part of for me too. I got scared that oh no, is it going to turn into that? Um, and my therapist gently reminded me that like this is something that we monitor for a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But if there's now oh, somebody who works in a hospital that does not have the resources that she needs to help her, then how the heck are the rest of us supposed to know how to help ourselves, right? She she works in a hospital. So I know. I think that it's, story was particularly heart-wrenching. It is. It is. And I think it's kind of that was sort of the catalyst for me to start this walk, too, was mm-hmm. it, there's clearly a disconnect in our resources in the community. Um, and I want to help, even if I could help one mom by sharing my story and, and making them feel less alone, then I feel like I've done my duty, you know? And wow. Like Kathleen, I'm just like, I have goosebumps again. This is like the fifth time in this conversation, (laughs) but (laughs) maybe I'm just cold, but (laughs) I, I just have to commend you because I remember right after that story came out, the people who rushed to social media, including myself, just to share our experience, to Mm -hmm. say, I had it too. I had something similar too. It happened to me. And I shared a story actually about how frustrated I get when you go to those postpartum appointments and they say, you're good, right? And they don't ask, how are you? And wait, they say, you're good, right? And it's like, no, I'm not good, but I'm going to lie on that questionnaire till I'm blue in the face. So I don't have to talk to you longer. Mm -hmm. And you're not actually looking at me and like noticing that I look rough. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was so frustrated by like the medical community at that point, but I just have to commend you that you took action and that you are really, you're doing stuff. That's amazing. Well, I don't know. I think, you know, it's important that we have this community of moms, especially coming out of a time where we didn't have that. But I think that, you know, your story in with healthcare is oh so common. And that's, that seems to be the generalized thing is that that's the, you're fine, right? You just yeah. have this new human join your family and rock your world, but you're fine. You're doing okay. Especially, I think, as a stay-at-home mom, right? Like, it's all the time. There isn't really a break in there. You can't take a sick day. No. You're still on, you know, but, but you're fine. You're good, right? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need, as women and men, I guess, to reach out to those new moms and to be the ones who ask, like, and wait, how are you? Mm-hmm. And then look at them. And then sometimes, no, but how are you really? Right? Because that those are the people who helped me through. We all have that one person or those two people that come mm-hmm. to mind, right? Those people. And you also have the people who came to mind where you didn't have a safe place. And you didn't yes. feel, you know, you have a person that comes to mind when you hear that. And I, I just... 
I want to be that person for, you know, I want to be the person that's like, you checked in on me at six weeks. And then again, right before I went back to work or, yeah, I didn't, you didn't forget about me. And that's, it's so important as a community of moms, like it doesn't take much. Right. It's just an Instagram message or a text and it's or whatever. about the mom. And that's the yeah. thing I always remind, I'm like, I, I am so excited about your baby. And I, now that I'm done having babies, I am like fully that lady who's like, so when are you having kids? But when I go to visit new moms, I am looking at them. I'm saying hi to them first. I am not focusing as much on the baby. First of all, they're kind of ugly when they're little. And second of all, (laughs) I want to know how mom's doing. Yeah, I think creating that safe place is such, yeah. such an important, you know, part of motherhood and, and giving on that to your friends and your family and people who go through similar experience. I think it's really important. We need more people like you that are willing to do that. Yeah. I just want to, okay, I was reading my notes and I remembered that you saved me this afternoon because you wrote, we, we, I shared ideas I, I have my guests come on and have something planned and um you shared something about if you're having a mental health flare-up it's okay to cut yourself some slack and then don't go it was like skip the after school things maybe i just read that to myself and i was like i can skip the thing <laughs> you can skip the things yeah keep the kids home from the classes and the outings mm-hmm. and whatever and just watch movies all day. Do something that feels good for you. Like, yeah. that's something that a friend of mine gave me permission to listen to my own music in the car. And I was Ooh. like, wait, that's allowed? You can now. your own music in the car? I'm like, you know. Enjoy it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not listening to rap or anything. Like, I guess <laughs> maybe there's a swear word or two in there. Hopefully not. But, but I think, like, just... Even if you go for a walk and listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or just slow down, we have this whole idea that like motherhood is just martyrdom. Give, 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 give. Yeah, it's like martyrdom. Like we can't mm-hmm. enjoy it at all. And, and that's, you know, that's not, it's not the case. You can enjoy it along the ride. You can also enjoy yourself. You can tell your kid, you go play. I'm going to read a book. That's okay. You can. You can try. Yeah, you can try. I will say, my son recently learned how to tell Google what to play. So even when I try to listen to my own music, he now says, I'm not going to say the call word for Google because it will make people's phones go off. But he says, play the poop song. (laughs) There is a poop song. Oh, good. It's great. I told Google the other day to turn your volume, like turn the volume down. And now my son says that to my daughter. Turn your <laughs> volume down. And I laughed because it's so funny, but I'm like, that's kind of rude if you say that to other people. But I think it's hilarious right now. <laughs> yeah, it's good for now. We'll keep yeah, it. We'll keep it now. <laughs> All right. And to wrap up, because I think it's a good time to wrap up. So first you can tell us, kind of where people can find you, remind people um, about the walk information, and then. Yeah, so, yep, the walk is happening. So it's a Climb Out of Darkness Manchester walk. It's going to be at Livingston Park 
on June 17th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And we're raising money for Postpartum Support International. We've got all kinds of fun experiences there. And if you want to find out more or sign up for the walk, you can go to our Facebook or Instagram, which the handle is Mindful Mamas New Hampshire, or NH, so Mindful Mamas NH. Um, and I post mostly on there information to sign up and, and different things that are coming up since we're about a month away now. So follow Sweet. up up there and we would love to see you at the walk. And I will link all of that stuff in the show note. And yeah. So before we go, can you just give our listeners one final bit of advice for them to take along with them as they go about the rest of their day? Yeah, so I think my biggest piece of advice, um, especially to the new mom, um, is to not be so afraid to break out the paper plates. And what I mean by that is that times get tough and we all love Mother Earth, so this isn't like a long-term solution. Hopefully you recycle and do all the good things. But when you are going through the postpartum days or even if you're having a flare-up of mental health or something huge just happened that's really traumatic, it's okay to use paper plates and not want to do dishes. It's okay to go through the McDonald's drive through It's okay to watch TV all day or take an ice cream trip just to make your kids happy. All those things are okay. I think we get this idea in our head from social media and elsewhere that it's not okay to do those things. It's all moderation and it's going to be okay. Your kids will be fine and you deserve to, you know, cut yourself some slack. No, we can't operate at 100% all the time. And I think that's my best advice to people is break out those paper plates and just use the paper plates until you feel like you can do dishes again and let the laundry pile up, you know. I think that's probably the best advice I can give, especially to like a new mom that hasn't been through this phase yet. Mm. I second that. And be kind to yourself. <laughs> be graceful and kind to yourselves because this job is really hard. Mm. Really, really hard. It's the hardest. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm just so excited that you reached out because this conversation was amazing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Mothering Together. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring. If you want to keep the conversation going and connect with other amazing moms with ADHD, then I'd love for you to join our private Facebook group. It's a great way to get more tips, support, and community. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you have any burning questions or ideas for future episodes, I'm always here to help. So just shoot me an email at motheringtogetherpodcast at gmail.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. We're all in it together and together we can create a more joyful and fulfilling life. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next episode.